following is a podcast from Echo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. For more info, check us out on Instagram at echo.victory. How are we feeling tonight, Echo? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. Come on, how are we feeling? Let's get some energy in the room. Come on. That's right. That's right, man. Well, this is our last service. So I want to go out with a bang. What do y'all think? Let's go out with energies. Go out believing God is good and has plans and purpose for us going under the Christmas season. You all ready for Christmas, man? Mm, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I kind of just want gas money this year, though. College bills are tough. But never mind. Never mind. That's besides the point. When I, my name is Cody, as Andrew said, and you might have seen me around here. I'm also a small group leader. Where's my seventh grade guys at? Where are we representing now today, boys? Yeah, oh, y'all quiet. They're not that quiet in small group, don't worry. We, we have a good time. So, well, man, I, honestly, I got a lot in my heart tonight for you, but I want to keep the message a little shorter, and I'll tell you why. I believe, and I have an expectation, and I hope you would agree with me that tonight God wants to show up. I think this is a stigma that says, hey, we're too young, or, you know, I'm stuck in school. What am I supposed to do with this God thing? And that's such a lie. And I want you to throw that away. Any inkling of saying, hey, I'm too young to experience God. I don't know what this here God's voice is all about. Guess what? If you're in fifth grade, you're not too young. God wants to use you in your school. And I know that might make you like, well, what does that look like? I don't know what it looks like, but God wants to do that for you. And maybe if you're in middle school, God wants to use you. People, man, it's a struggle sometimes in middle school. I went through it, man. I get it. It's difficult. But God wants to use you where you're at. You're not too young. And I want you to understand that tonight. So guess what? There's no junior God. And there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's one true God, one true living God, and one Holy Spirit I believe wants to show up tonight in a wonderful, magnificent way. So we're going to make some time for him at the end of service. So I'm going to keep my message a little shorter. So stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Okay? Well, let's pray as we get into it. So God, Lord, I thank you. You want to show up tonight. What that looks like, I'm not exactly sure, but I know we want to seek your face. God, you have something for them tonight so particular and so special. And that we're not going to walk out of these doors just feeling, but there's going to be next steps. There's going to be things we can do to pursue you outside the four walls to reach the lost, broken, and people that need you so badly, especially in our schools. So, God, come join us. We invite you, Holy Spirit. Come fill this room with your presence. And I pray anything I say that is not from you that it would fall on deaf ears, but anything I say that is good and from you that would fall on, on good ground, good soil, and spring up a wellspring. So, Father, we pray that we agree that tonight. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, man, I'll tell you what, as I get older, you really, like, okay, so your parents, man, like, I feel like they, they say things that, you know, they just the dad jokes, the, the parents things. And, I, come on, we love our parents, right? But, like, sometimes I say stuff, and we're like, man, I don't know if they really get gets what's going on. Like, you can't pause a game, like, when you're online with people. Like, mom, I can't pause this. <laughs> I can't pause this real quick because it's still going on. Like, it's hard to explain those things. But as I get older, I'm starting to realize that it's easier to slip into that and that, like, Halo isn't cool anymore. And, like, like I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's for, I, I don't even know. And I'm starting, I'm like, no, I don't want to fall behind on it. Like, I want to be relatable and I want to be relevant. And I think it's just, a, I don't know. I don't know. That's a really side note. But I just thought I'd just talk about that for a second because it's making me sad. I even got a, I don't know if I have it on me, but my phone, I have, like, a, a phone of like a, a phone holder on your waist because you know it's such a dad coach thing like the phone holder you know I don't know maybe that's just me 
People think I'm weird for it. But hey, as a church, Ben set it up there. I'm going to say it again. We exist to help all people realize that God loves them conditionally. And we say that a lot, but what does that mean? That means he loves you, you, you. He loves all of us, and he loves us whether we know him or not. And I pray that tonight you get to know him. But I have a story for us tonight to follow, and it's a pretty magnificent story. It's a story of a man named Elijah, and maybe you know about it, maybe you don't, but it's a Bible name because guess what? We're going to be reading the Bible. It says the Bible is sharper than any double-edged sword. It's an offensive weapon. And maybe you see the Bible as something that's intimidating to you, and that's okay because it's a big book. Nobody's saying it's not, but I'll tell you what, I hope you have a devotional life. You can read a little bit of it because there's power in it. Whether you read a verse or a whole chapter, there's so much power to be had in it. So I hope you're in the Word. I hope you're exploring And I hope you're chasing after God's face. And I get a little dry mouth, so if I have to take a drink of water, that happens. So just be aware. might be like five seconds of awkward silence. So Elijah was in this predicament, and maybe you have this going on. Maybe think of your school or think of other things. But Elijah was in this predicament because he was a man of God who knew God was the one true living God. But God set him in a place that was a little hostile. This place was a place where they didn't worship God. They worshiped other gods, false prophets, the prophets of Baal, and that's spelled B-A-A-L, prophets of Baal. And these people didn't believe in the one true living God. They believed in these false gods. Now, maybe you're thinking, like, why would somebody worship a false god? That's just, like, silly. Like, what is that? Because we, we see this all the time, even today in our culture, people worshiping false gods. And maybe you're like, hey, what does that mean? Money, fame. People, stature, success, material things. There's a lot of gods out there in, this, in America. There's a lot of gods. There's a lot of people worshiping them and trying to find who they are, their identity, and how good they are at things or how much stuff they can acquire. Those are false gods. Those are false things that people worship. And if you don't worship God, you will end up worshiping something else, and that's just a fact. And I know maybe you might say, well, what if somebody doesn't wor- worship anything? You can't. You have to worship something. You choose something to look for for your purpose and your plan in life. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight is plan and purpose that God has for you because he has one. He has one. Not, and he didn't just come up with one right now. He's had one since the beginning, since you were formed in the womb, it says. He created you with a plan and a purpose, and it's up to you. You can choose to fulfill that because he has it for you, and it's a gift, and you don't have to earn it. You don't have to do anything to get it. It is there. It's simply you receiving it tonight. Amen? You can shout at me. Come on. Get me fired up. Um, so Elijah's in this, in this hostile land because God said, Elijah, I want to make a move in this place. And maybe for you, that's your school. Maybe a hostile place for you as a Christian is your school because maybe when you bring out your Bible or something or when you talk about God, the room gets a little quiet. Because in today's culture, that stuff's kind of like, you know, hey, you could talk about anything you want, but don't bring, like, religion into it. Even though that kind of, you know, even though what you believe dictates your whole life. It doesn't make sense. So Elijah was told, I want you to go in this land. I want you to go perform a miracle on behalf of me. And I want the people that are going to change their hearts. But Elijah had kind of a predicament because if God didn't show up and the other God showed up, he was going to die. So whichever God didn't show up, right, that person would die. So there's a little bit of stuff on the line here, a little bit of trust going on. They said, we're going to build our altar for the prophets of Baal. We're going to build our altar, okay, and we're going to put the sacrifice on because that's what happened in the Old Testament. But Jesus came so we didn't have to offer a sacrifice for our sins. He was our sacrifice. But before Jesus, there was this model that you'd have to offer a sacrifice when you sinned or messed up and that 
you would present it to God. And the prophets of Baal said, we're going to set up an altar, and we're going to put this animal on it. And we'll call down. Elijah said, we're going to call down. You can, prophets of Baal, you can make your altar with your wood and stuff. And you can call. And if your God consumes that, then we'll worship your God. But I'm going to build my altar over here. And we're going to see if God answers my prayer. And if he answers my prayer, we're going to worship God. The one true living God, the God of Jacob, Jesus Christ, as we know him today. So the prophets of Baal set up their thing. They did their thing. And they were calling. And they said, you know, they were calling on their gods. And it was in the morning time. And they did it for hours. And nothing was happening. Okay? So, so far, Elijah's a good standing, right? And it says this. We're going to go to our first scripture today. Bear with me. There's a lot of words on here, I know. But I'll read it for you. So it's okay. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them. So now he's, Elijah's like, see, I told you. There's nothing going to happen to your stuff. Your God is false. He said, cry aloud, for he's a God. Maybe he's meditating. Maybe he's busy. Maybe he's on a journey. You know, maybe he's taking a nap. So he became confident. He's like, your gods aren't going to show up. My God is going to show up. So they cried out. The prophets of Baal, they cried out and they cut themselves. And I don't know what kind of God would have you harm yourself, but I know our God isn't a God of self-harm. Our God wouldn't say, I want to hurt you so you can learn something. No, no, our God loves you. Right there should have been an indicator that that is just not of God. There is one true living God, and that is not of him. So as it was their custom with knives and lances until they blush, they blood gushed out of them. It's pretty brutal. So they're bloody, they're beaten up. The midday had passed. They prophesied until the time of offering into the evening. So they went from morning, noon to evening. Nothing happened. There was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. They were striving for this false God that they thought was going to do something for them. I see people doing this. They're killing themselves to get rich and for money. And they're killing themselves to be successful. And they'll do whatever it takes. They'll step on whoever they need to step on. And they'll do whatever it takes to be number one and best. Because that's their God and that's who they worship. That's a false God. And you will see, it doesn't take two seconds to look around and see it's happened on that. You can look at the news. It's in the movies we watch. It's in the shows we like. And it's not that we don't have to watch those shows, but they're just false. And they run people's lives. They're God's the people. The people are hurting themselves over it. So now, nothing happened. The sacrifice is there, the bull's there, the wood's there, and nothing's going on. It's an empty, it's an empty trench with the stuff they put there, and nothing happened. But now it's Elijah's turn. And I'm sure maybe in his mind, he's like, okay, we're doing good, but like, Lord, I, I'm gonna, if I, God doesn't show, I'm going to die. You got to trust God. And Elijah said to all the people, he says, come near to me. So all the people came near, and now the crowd moved. And now it's around Elijah's altar. And guess what? It said he had to rebuild it. So at one time, God was active here, and they left him. They ran away. They ran away. They heard maybe that God did things, and they ran away, and they did their own thing. But he rebuilt the altar. He put the sacrifice on. He built the wood. He did the same thing. But he did something different. We serve a God who is faithful. So he did, and he knew, Elijah knew that. So he did something different. I'll tell you what he did. He put the wood in order. This is our next Set of verses. You can put that up. I'm going to read about in verse 33. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood, and said, Now fill some water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Okay, Cody, big deal. What does that mean? You can't light a wet piece of wood, man. It just don't light. It just don't do nothing. You could try all day. It's not going to do something. It's not going to do anything. He said, Do it a second time. So now the wood's really wet. He said, do it a third time. 
so that water ran all around the altar, which he filled the trench with water. So now you could swim in it. So now you basically have to light a pole on fire. That's how confident Elijah is that God's going to show up. Okay? Don't put the next verse on yet. We're just going to hang on this one. So God call, Elijah calls on God, the God, the one true living God, that fire come down and consume the sacrifice. And guess what happens? Nothing comes down, and Elijah gets captured. The prophets of Baal kill him, and they go on. No, God shows up because our God is a living God who wants to help you in your circumstance. This is what it says. It says, and it came to pass at the time of the offering, the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I'm your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Because your word never returns void, is what it said. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God. You've turned their backs, their hearts back to you again, because he loves them unconditionally. He loved them. Even though they turned their backs, even though they ran away, he loved them so much, he sent one man to do the impossible. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice. And the wood, and the stone, not just the wood, but the stones. Do you know a hot fire has to be to, to literally burn stones in the dust? That's hot. That's impossible is what that is. That's miracle fire from heaven. It licked up the water that was in the trench, no problem. Some water, wet wood for God, no problem. We'll take care of it. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Not just Elijah, but now the people knew who God was. Little spoiler alert, the prophets about didn't make it. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know. I know middle school. I get it. I had my own set of challenges in middle school, and it's tough. And I know maybe you think age disqualifies you from experiencing God or the Holy Spirit and who God is as a person, but I want to let you know he wants you now where you're at, and he longs to be with you now. Oh, he does. And I wish you could see it. I wish you know, and I hope you can know that tonight before we leave. But I have a quick story, and then we're going to go into a time of worship. But more than that, I believe God wants his presence to fall in this place, and he wants you to experience it. That means you. He wants you to experience his presence and his goodness tonight. Maybe you're like, Cody, I'm not really feeling anything. That's good news because I don't know if Elijah's feelings were really relevant when the fire came down. All right? I want God, I know God wants to do something in your heart tonight. But there was a man named Sean, and worship team, perfect. There's a man named Sean, and, you know, Sean was, I went to community college at this time, and I knew Sean, and I knew some things were in his life. There's the five seconds of awkward. But I knew Sean struggled with some stuff. He did, he was in, like, drug stuff and, like, um, just, man, not living for the Lord, and I knew he was struggling with things, and I wanted him to know God, but I just, I, I was a little shy. So... We, he was in class with me, and I just talked to him, be a friend to him. And, man, he was a little rough around the edges. And it made me a little nervous. Like, I don't know if this man's going to invite me over to, like, or, like, take me to, like, you know, like, bro, you want some, like, some drugs or something? I didn't know, dude. He was just sketchy. But I loved him, and I was willing to be his friend and do whatever it took, you know? We have this thing where we go out in the college, in the CCAC college, and it was, like, a big, like, open hotel lobby. And we would do worship. God used a couple people and we did worship in the middle on Tuesday afternoons and we would go and just worship God. 
And at some points, I'll be like, God, is this really doing anything? Because I, I, I just feel like people would walk by and be like, that's a little weird, <laughs> you know? I mean, you're in the middle of a community college. Like, everybody's coming and going back and forth. But one day, I, I sit, and this is months after I met Sean. Nothing had changed in the life, and I knew he was a good dude. He wanted to do the right thing, but nothing was going on. He was just still living for the, the things and, and gods of this world. And I said, Sean, why don't you come, like, we do this worship thing. And so he decided to come out Tuesday, and I didn't know he was going to come because I didn't think, I mean, like, I know he's kind of a spiritual dude, but not like God by any means. So he came out, and he sat down, and we just started playing, like, we were just we just started worshiping God. There was, like, a guitar and, like, three people. It wasn't, like, a whole band or anything. He was just sitting there, and I just watched. I watched. I looked over, and I just watched him weep and cry. And, um, man, God just did something in his heart right there. And I'll never forget it. Because that man, I, I saw him crying. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on. And meanwhile, I'm playing and singing and worshiping God. Just, And the next day, it was like a couple days later, he came up to me, and it, his eyes looked different. And I was like, and he came up to me. It's just different. There's something different. I don't know. I couldn't explain it to you. But then he started talking. He's like, dude, I just got plugged in down at like Allison Park Church and their Bible study. And he was like, man, God is so good. And I'm like, what? Dude, what do you do? Like, I need to repeat it for a second because I was like, what is going on? God changed his life in an instant, miraculously, so quick. And it wasn't because he wanted, he wasn't like, oh, I got to do all these things because I need God to love me. It was, no, no, God changed my life. Jesus, I met Jesus that day. And he changed me. And I, and I don't want to, he even got a tattoo covered up. He's like, I don't want to do that anymore. Nobody had to convince him. There was no message being spoken. It was him and God. That's crazy. That's a miracle. Maybe you know God today in this place. We're about to go to a time of worship. Maybe you know God in this place. Keep seeking him. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the path. Come to church. Grow. Seek him. Have a devotional life with him. He loves you. He has plans for you. Your purpose is inevitably found in him, and it will be greater than you know. I didn't think I'd be standing up here with a microphone. Honest to, honest to God. What does he do? He will blow your mind, and he will put you in positions of influence, and he'll have you change lives. Where you're at in the school, it doesn't have to be five years down the road. If you don't know Jesus, I pray and I hope and my prayers for you tonight that you would meet him now in this time. And I know I've had this in my heart that he's going to show up today. And maybe you've never experienced that, but I'm, I'm believing you're about to. I really know. So we're going to go back into worship. And I don't want you to have to sing, well, okay, we're going to experience God, so i got to. <clears throat> no, that's not how it works. You come to God as you are. I don't care if you did something, the worst thing you've ever done in your life. I don't care if you were experimenting this weekend and doing wacky stuff. Come to the front as a family. Forget who, who those around you for a second. And come to meet God. And I'm not, I can't force you or command you to do anything, but I'm telling you what, it is worth it. And I believe you're going to meet him today if you don't know him. If you do know him, come to the front. He wants to love you and show you his love, his plan and purpose he has for you. And he wants you just to be melted by his presence. So that's what we're going to do. Can we stand up? Man, we're going to go back. We're going to go to a song called Touch of Heaven. I don't know if you, maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't heard it, but regardless, I want you now, people in the back, I want everybody, I want us to come with an expectation that God's going to show up. Not because we're good or we did anything good or we prepared enough or we came to church with a good attitude, but because he is God and he loves you, he has a plan and a purpose, and ultimately the way you're going to find it is through meeting him and having a relationship with him. So I want you guys to come up front, somebody can grab the table, and we're going to go to the song Touch of Heaven. I want you to press in.
press into him. He loves you so much.